Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, dear. Hello, and welcome to the 5 p.m. Lockdown Beers and Rugby Chat. And uh, today, as you can see, I've been joined by Ryan Nixon. Hey, Nixon. Uh, good, thanks. Yourself? Not bad at all now, but I'm outside of the 09. You're obviously in the 09, or not obviously, but you are in the 09. So first off, thank you for following the rules and getting yourselves down to level three. Um, how many hours did you queue up to get uh, to get KFC? <laughs> I'm, I'm a smart guy, and I will wait a few days before I fulfill my KFC cravings. Um, the one thing I was just hanging out for, though, was a decent coffee, so... Had a couple of those each morning. Um, KFC can wait until tomorrow or Saturday. Fabulous, fabulous. Look, I've got to deliberately put the jersey up there so you could see it, the uh, the old Harbour jersey for you. And, oh, look at that. He's got the hoodie on. Fabulous. There we go. Uh, unfortunately, Harbour not uh, – had to drop out of the Farrah Palmer Cup and not, not back in the NPC yet, but hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. 30 seconds until we can open the beer. So you've, you've got it cheated by having yours poured already pre-five o'clock. And look, if we kick off pre-five o'clock, you know, it's going to be like 12 o'clock. It'd be like 8 p.m. in the morning, just quick, quick beer. So you've got to keep some standards. Um, but then again, some people say I've not got standards because of the Waikato. I, your thoughts on the Waikato draft? Uh, I tend to drink only craft beers these days. So, um, yeah, no Waikato for me. And it's five o'clock, so I can open up now. And catch up craft beers geez well clearly uh you're you're getting you've uh, moved up in the world from your um uh from your uh what do you call it on blank now um do you tribe sports app days and uh, clearly getting paid way too much nowadays so that's the that's the problem that you can since you can afford your your crafty beers um but there you go see nice head get rid of the gas very german style um so, folks, you probably noticed these ones are a bit more more relaxed. Some of the stuff we'll have a quick chat about uh, the uh, All Black squad's been announced, as has the Wallabies, um, and uh, also an interesting one from World Rugby on the limits to the amount of contact training during um, uh, the, the, that piece. Did you, did you see the contact training announcement, um, Ryan? I uh, did not. That that skipped past me. Um, so they've, uh, they've it's, it's a it's a soft sort of guideline at the moment, but they're suggesting fifteen minutes of contact training per week. Uh, for and then 30 uh, 30 minutes of um, 
live, uh, what do they call it again? I've gone blank, um, live uh, set piece training. Um, and then I think it was 60 minutes maximum of, of sort of tackle pad training. Um, the um, uh, LB says box also announced that we did box yesterday, LB. If you want to ch check out our comments about the L about the box squad, that was yesterday. You're so living in the past, where so much in the future. Um, uh, look, I, I, I think it's, I mean, you follow NFL, don't you? So, I mean, the NFL has had um, the amount of contact training you're allowed to do uh, maximum for a while now. Uh, I think uh, this is rugby sort of slowly catching up. Yeah, and I think there's been um, some regulations in the past, particularly in New Zealand at least, where um, age group players are only uh, allowed a certain amount of game time per week. And, and that's just a flow on from that in terms of protecting players, protecting their safety, protecting the body. Um, when it you know when it comes down to it, like that's where world rugby is going, and we've seen that with the the changes in the the way the the head contact process has has been implemented, and and this is just a flow on from that in terms of protecting uh, the number one resource in the game, which is which is players, and and making sure that that you know playing rugby is something they can do for a long time rather than um, you know having burnout and. and and suffering a, a you know an injury that that could have been avoided. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, afternoon, Con. How are you doing, sir? Afternoon, guys. How's it going? Good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you. Good. Cheers. Um, Cheers. So, what, so what are you boys drinking next? So actually, Ryan, you mentioned yours was a craft beer. What? So what? What, what is your what craft beer? Uh, so this is a vanilla milk stout by Panhead nice. um, called uh, Necessary Evil. It's, uh, it's going down well. You need to get that beard a bit more. You, you're not you're not full hipster there. <laughs> I did give it a trim a couple of days ago. <laughs> Cole, what do you what do you want? Well, I'm I, I brew a bit of beer, just sort of like hot hobbyist, but I got this random craft beer one called the Cranberry Poacher, and it's a this look. I I like to sample the odd ones. This is a UK import, and it's fucking brilliant. I just had a sip for the first time, and it tastes like a mixture of delicious ale and uh, Christmas cake. So there you go. Wow, I, but, uh, I don't usually drink that. I'm a, I'm a lager guy, but I like my stouts as well. So, um, yeah, this is I've just done a plug, it's like they sent it to me, but they didn't. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> Hashtag ad, yeah. Um, yeah. Geez, Ryan, I, I there, was, there was me accusing you of being a hipster, but clearly, clearly, I've uh, you, you've, you've been yeah. well, you've been out hipstered here with those, uh, yeah, out hipstered. That's right, with that. So, uh, oh wow, things of uh, Christmas pudding, geez, wow. Um, that's great. Joshua, how do you monitor full contact training minutes per by team? Uh, yeah, they assume they're not going to police police this guideline. It's you know it's going to be difficult for them to police it, but it probably allows players to kind of put their hand up and go, "Hey, I'm being asked to do you know three sessions during the week of contact training. That's a bit out of order." Yeah, look, initially they're just trialing it. So Leinster, too long. Oh, no, not yeah. I think yeah, sorry, Leinster. Um, uh, one of the uh, Teams from Italy and one of the French teams, I think, are um, are going to be trialing it. So it's not an issue. It's not something that's going to be mandatory to start off with, but uh, it's something they're looking at doing for 2023. Yeah, how they police it is going to be interesting um, on this one. But, it, uh, go. Do they think that 15 minutes of full contact training is the equivalent of a full game? Because obviously players aren't, you know, when they're in a full game, they're probably, you know. There's obviously stoppages. They're not in contact themselves all the time. They're probably dipping in and out of contact. So it's kind of the, you know, the training equivalent of, of a single game is 15 minutes of heavy contact training. Um, I'm 
Uh, I doubt it. I think what they're doing is saying that you, you play a game every seven weeks. So every seven weeks, sorry, every seven days. Um, <laughs> imagine playing every seven weeks and getting paid a million dollars. That'd be nice. Anyway, no, uh, they play every seven days. And it will just be a lot of talk to strength and conditioning people as to how much you can take during that time plus recovery uh, and come to this number because they reckon 35 to 40 percent of injuries are done during training wow okay. so, well, that's interesting very interesting so i think i think look i think it's a positive move it's something that uh, uh, and um i tweeted out today about a um a, a show i did with gift from the usa uh, gift time rugby uh, where we looked at NFL and what could rugby learn from NFL because they really have reduced the amount of um, physicality and made it much more of a skill game than a physical game uh, compared to what it was a long time ago. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it's going to be, it's uh, this is going to be, I, mean, I was chatting with Boa in our Facebook a messenger chat and it, it's going to be a culture change for a lot of coaches um, around this. Uh, so, yeah, it's not something that's going to necessarily happen overnight, but it's going to take some time um to do so um let's uh, crack on with the uh start off with the wallabies one because i think the the all blacks one will probably give us a lot more to talk about being um the last two games um the uh against uh, the springboks uh in, in in their squad just um two changes there um rob leota comes in at number six uh, straight into the uh, straight into the starting side, um, and uh, into the uh, and also in fifteen we've got Reese Hodge replacing uh, uh, Banks at uh, the back there. Um, Ryan, your thoughts on the on, on the Wallabies rolling out this team is three three games on the bounce with this squad. Is that going to be a bit too much for them? How, how do you think they're going to go? I think it's just a case of uh, you, you know it's it's been working and and. Um, Dave Rennie's obviously decided that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, Hodge in for Banks. I mean, that's injury enforced, isn't it, with Banks unavailable? Uh, and I guess with, with the change at, at six, uh, you know, Lachlan Swinton was in the news last week with his, his yellow card, and he's, he's sailed close to the wind a few times with his physicality. And I guess, you know, this is a reward for, for Rob Leota, who's obviously um, impressed their camp first test start um and i guess he'll look to replicate that physicality but uh hopefully with a little bit more discipline than we've seen from swinton yeah look i mean up against south africa we know that against south africa over the last weeks you know you have got to um you've got to front up physically and i think that's what swinton was brought in to do uh and he did what he did and then he gets dropped for doing what he does um, so <laughs> um, i think against argentina as someone said, you don't need the same. You don't need to front up quite the same way, uh, and the, the the card risk isn't really worth it. Um, but Con, do you think uh, that wear and tear will start to take on these guys, or do you think that uh, that they'll be all right? Look, I, I think this is a. Um, <clears throat> my take on this is Australia have got themselves. Australia rugby and the Australian team have got themselves in a brilliant position for the remainder of the year. I think they. And that's what they're thinking of. They can, and, and, and when when New Zealand rugby is planning, when they have a few wins or a few losses, they probably don't think about their fans. I think Australian rugby often think, we, you know, when they have a couple of wins like they've had, we've got, we've got, you know, we've got the the interest of the Australian public. We need to, you know, harness this. And so, 
they do not want to lose two games to Argentina, and they do certainly do not want to lose this game. So I think they've put a good team out. They need to nail Argentina at least once. I expect that next week could be a bit more of a rest of a, of a team covering some of the rest. But they will want to nail this game. Then, then they'll be starting to set their eyes out for the end of year tour and they'll want to go back to back to back to back and basically get a streak for the for the rest of the year even if they drop one against Argentina which they really don't want to do but I think if they can win this one um, that'll be huge for them so I reckon they're pulling out effectively everything they can do to ensure they get the victory here I don't think they they really believe they're going to win the rugby championship that ship sailed but um, they do not but Argentina's a banana skin for Australia just like Australia's banana skin for South Africa uh, and Australia's banana skin for us. Uh, Argentina do very well against Australia, so they will be. Uh, they won't be taking them lightly. Is my true. Just to remind people as to the the rest of the year for, for the Wallabies, have got the uh, two Argentinian tests. Then they go over to play Japan, Scotland, England, and Wales in the uh, end of year um, series of games. Uh, Japan, you'd obviously expect them to to go well against, um, but uh, and also Scotland, England, England. And Wales going to be real, real test for them, mm. and probably a good ramping up there of so probably a good order of games and ramping up on those ones. I see, I see Ryan nodding away. Yeah, well, I guess too. Like, we're pretty spoiled here as as All Blacks fans, in that you know you can leave out guys and you've got that depth to replace them and still put out a, a really strong twenty three. Australia doesn't have that same depth, and you do risk losing momentum by you know just resting players for the sake of it. Um, if they win this convincingly, then, you know, perhaps in that last game against Argentina, then, then you could rotate. And obviously the Japan game is one where there's an opportunity to, to probably spell a couple of guys. But, yeah, there's, there's the trade-off with, with rest and rotation is that you lose momentum and then you're back to square one again. So they've built some momentum. They've picked up a couple of really good wins, um, playing good rugby. So let's keep rolling with it. Yeah, absolutely. You look at this side and look at that bench. Obviously, uh, James O'Connor's back with that with that fifty five caps, but apart from that, I mean, Tom Robinson twenty five tests is kind of the senior guy there. Everyone else is less than twenty tests. So it's it's it is. Dave Rennie's got a very very green uh, uh, side when you look at the number of test caps they've got. Uh, so yeah, there isn't that. So you, you can't be bringing in. Um, players in the same way that we'll, we'll see the All Blacks have done or, or can do uh, with that 2030 tests experience. Now, I mean, Hunter Paisami clearly is uh, is would have been available. A bit surprised to see him not back in the reckoning somewhere. Uh, but uh, it's good to see that he's got some of those options in depth. But it's it's all very green depth um, when he's got it. So yeah, not surprised to see pretty much the same um, side out there. Uh, Pete Samu really cements himself as as a uh, as a finisher. I know a lot of people hate that kind of term, um, but you've seen he hasn't come on to um, replace Swinton. They brought Luetta straight in, and clearly Pete Samu's got that twenty that number twenty jersey is his because um, that impact off the bench that he brings, uh, which is interesting uh, to see that they've got that sort of role um, lined up. So yeah, it is a. Um, uh, you know, LB look, looking for Wallabies and All Blacks to lose times two, just so the uh, Springboks can win the championship. Eh? Uh, I guess uh, you've, you've got some, um, uh, yeah, you get some long odds for that. I'll tell you that straight away. Um, 
But uh, yeah, interesting to do that one. And Joshua, yeah, Iketel fits better than Paisami right now. Yeah, I think Paisami is kind of the backup to Samu Karevi at 12 rather than the yeah. 13 jersey. Um, and there's also that guy, I've gone, forgotten his name now, from uh, the Waratahs in the 13 jersey as well. Uh, who's in Simone? Uh, no, Simone uh, was there last year. Wasn't he? He's a bit unlucky to have lost, like, lost out. Uh, because of the P again, but anyway. Um, I know that uh, uh, Stephen Harrison has got a, 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 has got a lot of time for him. So it's nice that they actually are building some depth, but it is, as I say, it's all very green depth, and these guys do need to get as many caps under their belt before the 2023 Rugby World Cup. It's not that far away. Um, we're talking, um, what, 14 tests next year, plus the, uh, the, the six they've got. So it's 20 tests through to the end of the year, to the end of next year. Um, so even your players like, uh, Valentini will still be only only at thirty two tests if he plays every single game, which he can't do. So, yeah, it is funny though. Like two and two weeks ago to the day, um, the Australian team naming Quade Cooper uh, felt very uh, weak, <laughs> you know, and green. And then uh, it it doesn't take a huge amount. Um, and obviously, Reese Hodge bumping up those numbers, but. It doesn't take a huge amount to completely change the uh, the opinion or, or you know w- what we feel about a team, and it's same for the for, for the Australian public. It obviously takes some wins and uh, and a couple of key players to step up. But you know when when they named Craig Cooper, I thought what the you know that's I was very surprised about that because he was he was named as he was like a he was brought in as not injury cover but even sort of training. Uh, sort of almost a training pair or something like that, right? Uh, I don't remember the original terminology, but, um, you know, a great game and, a, and another one to boot just makes you feel like, you know, they've got a, they've got a key vet in there and it's pull, pulling the whole team together. It's not just him. I'm not saying Quake Cooper's pulling the whole team together, um, but, uh, but it is amazing how, how, what can change in two weeks. It is. Uh, Parisi was a player that I was thinking of from uh, the Waratahs. Thank you for that, Joshua. Um, and uh, Joshua also said he was pushing for um, uh, Cooper early on, so he, he, he's uh, feeling happy to be um, uh, to be good about that. And yeah, here's Stephen Harris masquerading as New Zealand Sport Radio there um, <laughs> when uh, Parisi ran through Reese and uh, Lester Fionuku. I mean, um, I thought Quay Cooper coming in would be. I thought, yeah, why not? You know, but um, sorry, what I mean by that is, there was a point when when they brought him in. I thought, well, what have they got to lose? Because um, yeah. you know, uh, Lolosia wasn't going so well, but uh, but uh, you know, they've they've done very well. It proved to be a very fortuitous decision. Just want to jump back to Jay's comment here before we go on to the All Black squad. Um, what about reducing warm up times? There's a lot of injuries happen then as well. Um, <laughs> I thought that's to stop injuries. <laughs> the, I was going to say, yeah, the warm-ups and the, the warm-ups pre-game, especially about stopping injuries, not about causing Increasing them. Increasing warm-ups, yeah. Um, is that true? Like, I, you know, I haven't played elite sport for a few years, but uh, is that uh, is that true? Reducing warm-up times create a lot of injuries, or is he talking? Is, is that a joke that we haven't? Got? I think that's a bit tongue-in-cheek about our comments about gotcha. reducing the contact yeah. in, contact injuries. Yeah, cool. um, but I think there is an element of. A, a lot of players get asked to come back or, 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 or want to come back with niggles when they've not actually been fully uh, f- fully recovered. 
Uh, one of those that's around at the moment is Bowden Barrett probably shouldn't be playing, to be honest, because of his calf. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that he, he can't. He gave up the kicking piece. So uh, I think I think the I think you you, you find your, your injuries during warm up times are probably because players are trying to come back too quickly or trying to play through injury. Um, on that one, I see. Do you think James O'Connor will be starting at ten if if Craig Cooper you know didn't feature this year? Uh, if well, if 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 James O'Connor had been fit, um, Cooper would not, wouldn't quite good wouldn't have got an opportunity. But I mean now because he's obviously he's on the bench. They've obviously deemed him fit enough. But um, you know, two games ago or three games ago against the All Blacks in the final blizzard, I'm sure Australia were desperate to have James O'Connor playing because he's 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 been really good for them in Super Rugby AU. And I'm wondering, it's a good example of what you were saying. Paul, he's on the bench probably to ease him in, or because well, I would yeah. say it's to ease him in because he should be eased in. But I'd imagine if Quade Cooper wasn't there, they might be starting him just because they have to, because they feel they have to, which would increase his chance of repeat injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you've got to see how I mean Dwayne Vermeulen's come straight back into the yeah. starting role. He hasn't come back via the via the bench, um, and hasn't been um, uh, hasn't really been. Uh, uh, as, as effective, I don't think, in that one. Um, yeah. I see some cogs turning there, Ryan. Any thoughts? Oh, on I there? just think, yeah, it's it's the hardest thing for for players who've had such a lengthy layoff is is can they get through eighty minutes? And and even if you plan on saying, well, we'll start, you know, we'll start O'Connor at ten, and and we'll bring someone off the bench after fifty minutes, that kind of plan can all be thrown into to chaos by another injury somewhere and and all of a sudden you, you find he's playing 80 and that's when you know if they're not match fit then that's where that re-injury can occur so the safest way to bring someone back is via the bench um and and now that cooper's playing well they've got that that luxury of not having a rush a guy back which which i think is probably uh the point being made more than anything is yeah, Cooper's re-emergence has just given them a little bit of flexibility around how they use O'Connor. Yeah. Wow, Thor is so unfit. I don't know why they're playing for eighty minutes. Really, I don't think uh, Tom and Thor is, is he. Oh, he's, he's very fit. I think he's he's he's, he's fine starting personally. Well, he's winning. He's winning scrums at the what seventy ninth minute last week, wouldn't he? Yep. I think, and here's the All Black squad. If you so just run your eyes down those number of caps there. And then I switch back to um, the the Wallabies one, and you can see there's uh, a few more lower numbers or small numbers there in that side, particularly on the bench. Whereas if you compare that to um, the All Blacks, sure you've got Quinton Pyre, Brad Weber, uh, and uh, Ethan Blackadder haven't got that many, but you've still got Patrick Tuipulotu with 39, off the Twanga Fassi and and Cole, and, and Cole there with 22 and 40. Um, the, yeah, no, the, one, the, no the, one cracking the ton though. Uh, we're Australia have a couple, don't they? That's true. Yep, we do. We do have two centurions unavailable, of course. That's true. Yeah, and Bodie's coming up, which is really cool. Um, sorry, the, um, Paul interrupted you. Excuse me. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. One of the things I've I've, I've said is that we, you look at this side and you go, actually, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy. There's okay. There's a couple of uh, of, of I mean, Quince Pies probably the only one there that people will go. Okay, he hasn't really has he demanded his but his 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 place. But I think he's he's, he's good enough. When you think that you're missing Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith, um, Sam Kane, uh, either Antonio Brown or Jack Goodhue now, if you think that David Havili owns, owns that 12 jersey, um, uh, maybe even Sam Cole, uh, not Sam Cole, Dane Coles. Um, mm. You've got at least four, four players 
who are missing from, from, from the match day 22 or 23, sorry, um, plus a fifth one there. And still, you've got a side where we're not, I don't think any, I don't think there's any worries about any of those positions. I think the depth is really good that they built up. Richie um, Moanga, another one. Oh, thank you. That's what I was forgetting. I knew that's what I was forgetting. That's the one um, that kind of not troubles me, but it, 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 it is going to create a lack of cohesion for the remaining six weeks of games we have. But, you know, it is what it is. Not much you can do about it. Yeah, look, he's, he's in quarantine in Queensland. He comes out of that on Tuesday. Um, what's been interesting, actually, and um, talking about the the, the the contact training piece that we talked about earlier, is that Sam Kane, uh, they decided him coming out of training, him coming out as a lock uh, on a White Tuesday. Lock. Sorry. Sorry? You said Kane? Did you mean White Lock? Oh, sorry, White Lock. White Lock coming out as a lock um, on a Tuesday ahead of a, uh, a Springbok test match was too soon um, to, for him to get up to speed with, with contact, whereas um, um, Richie Mwanga, as a fly, as, as a fly half, um, or, or first five eight. Um, uh, that, that was considered enough time. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fine. So interesting how it, how for, for some positions the contact was enough, but for others in a more contact position one, um, it was uh, considered not, not enough time. So I, think, I thought that was interesting. It's quite fascinating, actually. You'd think they'd get a mini scrum machine in the hotel room or something for them to smash up against <laughs> something. Just push up against the mini bus. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It is fascinating, though, because I, I'd assume – I, I just sort of – there might have been videos that the All Blacks have done, but I'd imagine that there'd be some – um, pretty heavy exercise expectations on Richie Moanga through this. Um, and uh, I always sort of, I always assumed that some players, like I'm sure the Lions had this situation, they'll be told you need to do, I don't know, 100 burpees a day. You know, the Lions might not have had this. And there'd be some players that they'd go, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd send the text in and go, yep, done my 100 burpees. Um, but didn't actually do it. I doubt Richard Munger is one of those guys. I think he's pretty pretty solid. Um, but yeah, hey John, how's it going? G'day, it... fellas. G'day. Yeah, it, looks like, it seems like you're on a bit of a delay. Can you hear me? Delayed connection there, John. I'm afraid it's you. We can hear you. Yep. That's right. I just I just uh, called it very briefly. I'm on my way to. I'm on my way to Milford Sound. Nice. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, 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 
John, to be honest, the delay is too much. It's not kind of working. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Good. Enjoy the, 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 it, the Milford enjoy sound. Milford sound because, wow, well, because, yeah, yeah it's a, the it delay, unfortunately. Good. We've also got the satellite connection there uh, for that one. Um, yeah, I was, I was so, just going to say on the back of that, um, I think it was Dan Hooker, the USC fighter, who was did a 10K run in his hotel room, which is, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just incredible. Um it's but, but shows the, the dedication to his trade, you know. So. Yeah. The and it's interesting. Obviously, I mean, Dan Hooker being obviously that's a one-person uh, kind of sport, a solo sport compared to a, a team sport. Uh, and you wonder. Uh, so I think uh, for, for for people who are part of team sports, I know that I, I enjoy team sports rather than solo sports because I've, I feel I've got to get out there uh, and actually, it's kind of an extra motivator to train. Whereas uh, for solo ones, you see. Being a solo person, a solo sport person, it's going you're, you're driving yourself anyway, uh, so you're perhaps easy, uh, not not easier, but more used to training by yourself. But I think as a team player, being asked to train by yourself in a hotel room, I think it's probably a bit harder. But yeah, well, I wonder if they can get some gear in there because obviously, if um, you know, I'm not sure anaerobic versus aerobic training. I'd imagine that you know, if they get some weights machines in there, that would be or whatever the 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 oblates use in there and their thing would be quite important. But um, I don't imagine it's important for Richard Moaga to bench press much at all during his training. It's just it's just fitness and whatever else he's doing. But um, it is it is really fascinating the whole COVID and and the training thing. To admit. But we're back to the mini bar, aren't we? Just just do, do, do the mini bars your weight. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Lay on the bed and just yeah, lift the mini bar. Perfect bench press. Yep. Um, so yeah, so so Moody Taylor Lua Lala. Um, Ritalik and, and uh, Barrett back in the engine room there. Um, Akiriwani, I guess, uh, Ardi Surveyor at seven, Luke Jacobson at eight. That's probably one of the discussion points. Mm. I think um, people were expecting, if since Papulihi is injured, uh, people were expecting Blackadder in there instead of um, Luke Jacobson. Um, thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, it's interesting. I think Blackadder last week um, was outstanding. Um, but I, I feel like the loose trio combination isn't really settled on at the moment. And, Absolutely. and, uh, Akira looks like he's the, the preferred six. Um, but we saw in the, the test against Australia and you know, Adi Savio was at eight and Dalton Papaliti was at seven. And that looked like it was probably the first choice trio with Kane unavailable. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Papaliti injured, there seems to be a little bit less clarity around who the first choice number eight is. Um, and that makeup of that loose trio. So Akira back in there. Um, Satudu was outstanding last week at eight. Yeah, Satudu. But I think it's you know it's a case of just giving everyone their opportunity and 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 looking for someone to stake their claim as as the preferred option. I think Ani Survey is the, the first choice number eight. Um, yeah. But the kind of is the question is, uh, but I think there's a, there's a lack of sevens at the moment in New Zealand rugby. Um, well, your top your top two are injured, and that's yeah, yeah, that causes problems. So Savia, you know, yeah, Savia is a quality seven and has been his whole career. Um, but you're right in that he's probably looking at shifting to eight um, to maintain that balance of the loose trio with Kane or Papali'i fit. But because they're out, they need another makeup. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Jacobson, I, I don't think was that impressive two weeks ago when he started against the Pumas, but. 
you know, he gets another opportunity and and it's it's up to him now. Yeah, look, he's someone that's been on the All Blacks radar for a long time, captain for the under-20s, um, for example. And so he's been someone that's uh, earned then uh, the concussion around the Rugby World Cup really sort of put a, uh, put a big handbrake on his career. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he's someone that's, um, that they've got big raps on uh, and as, as for a long time has been earmarked as an All Black. Um, interesting to see TJ ahead of Brad Webber in the pecking order as well. And I think there's a couple of pecking order things we've learned more than anything else in this one. Um, there and Ryan, we had a chat on Twitter that we think the bridge is a horses for courses kind of pick. Um, a bit um, surprised that several Reese's being left out of this one. Uh, but you think that's a, 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 a kicking issue or not or, or receiving kicking issue? Yeah, and I think. As fans, I think we all like this idea of having a first choice 15 and, you know, if the World Cup final was tomorrow, like who would be the team, um, you know, if everyone was fit and available. And I just don't think it works that way anymore, you know. It's dependent on opposition and dependent on the style of game expected, I think that dictates selection in, in particular positions. Um and I think particularly with South Africa, we're going to expect lots of box kicking. We're going to expect lots of high balls. Uh, and it's been this way for a while now, going back to you know Graham Henry's tenure, is that the All Blacks like picking guys or like picking at least one winger who's got fullback skills. So, mm. you know, the, the days of Corey Jane shifting to the wing, Israel Dagg, um, Geordie Barrett playing on the wing, and now I've got both George Bridge and Will Jordan who are strong under the high ball. And I think that's just a case of what they're going to expect from South Africa. Lots of high balls, lots of pressure with kick chase. Um, so pick the guys that, that are well-equipped to deal with it. Yeah, I can see Will Jordan being the, the, the kind of, the, yeah, the modern Corey Jane who's in that jersey for a long time. Um, I, yeah, I don't think Jordy's quite got the pace. For a wing, I'm, I'm, I'm not as comfortable with him on the wing um, as I am at fullback um, on, on, on that one. I guess one of the things I thought they might do is use Geordie as the uh, kind of you know, the, 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 the centre cover, but seeing Quint, Quintapire rather than Sebu Reese on the bench there shows that I don't think they like or they, or they don't see Geordie as a centre cover at the moment, uh, and hence that's why Quinn's ahead of uh, Sebu on, on, on the bench. Is, is, is my reading of it. Yeah. The other one, I guess, the, the other, I guess there's two other pecking order things. Samasoni ahead of, um, oh, I've gone blank. Dear me. The Wellington um, hooker. Amoa. Amoa, thank you. Um, so that's be, he, I mean, Samasoni's had a great season. I need to climb above Amoa there in that position. Um, and then, I guess on the flip side, Pat, um, Patrick managing to uh, see off the eyes. Um, challenge for his for that third place lock position. Uh, I guess th th those. I guess those are the two pecking orders. I think we've been sort of we, we we've seen here because this is definitely the first choice side of who's available. Mm. Do you think um, uh, Hoskins Satuta? He was obviously a bit of a darling in in, in twenty twenty. Um, and uh, do you think he sh has been unlucky to be? you know, missing out on even a bench spot? I think there's a little bit of versatility 
uh, cover with Blackadder. Um, you know, Satudu, from what we've seen, is just an out-and-out number eight, right? Yep. So, you know, if he's there, you know, is there is that that versatility? Um, but I fully expect that we'll see him in the, the second test against South Africa. I think there'll be rotation there, and, and I think there's still that opportunity for someone to stake the claim to the eight jersey. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a hard question because we're always so uh, blessed with depth, and mm. there's always going to be guys that are unlucky to miss out. And and unfortunately, uh, yeah, the, the coaching staff and the, the, the selectors are, are always so coy with their picks, and there's not a lot of transparency around why. So well, we end up transparency, come which on. is great for shows like us, where you come on and you speculate and you discuss, and it's like, well, why do you think this is the case? Um, and we might be right, but we might be <laughs> a million miles away, yeah, and who knows? Right. You know, so I'll be I'll be surprised if Satutu uh, gets a start, gets uh, in the in the matchday squad for the uh, second game against uh, the Springboks, whatever the result, with the USA up next followed by Wales, Italy, Ireland and France. Um, I think that USA game and the Italy game is where players like him who are, uh, how do you say, uh, last on the list within the squad. I mean, he's, he's obviously clearly ahead of, um, oh, I've gone blank as the Highlanders number eight because he's actually in the squad. Um, but, um, but I think, yeah, I think the real fringe players in this squad will get their opportunity against the USA and Italy mm. rather than necessarily a, a second um, Springboks game. I think the other thing too is that you know, it's it's quite easy for a guy to shine out in a dominant performance like last week. So, you know, Tupovai, you had an outstanding game, but it's it's a little bit easier to, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it's a little bit easier to to shine when the game's a bit loose and, you know, you, you, you bag a try hanging out in the wing kind of thing and all of a sudden you've got a double and we don't expect that from the Springboks. We, we expect that this game's going to be tighter. It's going to be physical. They're not going to be as bad as they were last week when they were downright yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's a no-brainer for me to go with Patrick Tupolotu who's proven himself at this level for a, you know, a, a significant amount of time as the third or fourth string lock rather than Tupo Vai, who's you know, a very green, very raw, and, and, and ideally suited to games that are a little bit looser and a little bit um, freer. And he's only got another decade of rugby ahead of him, so it's not like he's, <laughs> That's he, right. he better yeah, off yeah. to get it back now. That's um. <laughs> a pretty good team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's... Uh... That's good. I think I think if um, it'd be different if we had our, our first choice selections. I personally wouldn't have been surprised if Richie Moanga was was starting and Bodie was at fifteen. If we'd actually have Severo Reese playing uh, as starting, just because you don't you don't agree, I think they like that combination. But um, t- tell us more, Paul. I can't see Bodie at fifteen again. I think Bodie's made it very very clear he does he we wants to be that he wants that ten jersey. Um, so, but yeah, I, only, I can't, only, I can't only what, a month and a half ago he was at 15 against Australia, wasn't he? In New Zealand, um, right? it was, was, was it Richie, Richie at 10, Buddy at 15? Um, 
in August against uh, against Australia. So uh, yeah, look. Do, so next week, I I, I would be wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, if it's. Do you think Richie will start next week? DMAC played both the home tests against Australia at uh, fifteen. Okay, look, I'm I'm mistaken. Oh hey, well, yeah, no, buddy wasn't injured, was he? Do you think Do you think uh, Richie will start next week at at ten, or do you think it depends on the result? Or do you think he'll come off the bench because of his uh, inactivity? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I can't see him starting. Um, okay. He might be on the bench, but uh, he might be, uh, or, or, or just left out entirely, depending on. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. I think it probably comes down to how Bowden, how, how fit Bowden's calf is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I do think to... that that they do like the. Uh, I personally think, and I'd love to hear you guys take on this. If Richie was in there. Um, uh, that there's more chance that Sevu would would be in the team, would, would be in the starting fifteen or twenty three, just because I think they like that combo now. Against South Africa, I understand the the um, that the, they they require you know they're going to go for a slightly taller player, it's a bit better under the high wall, but I think uh, attacking attacking pairs, I, I do think that um, Sevu and uh, and Richard Moe have done so well, and the All Blacks have kind of carried that through in a few of the cases in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I think the other thing we maybe haven't kind of looked at is the midfield makeup with Leonard Brown out. Um, mm. Because if he's fit, does he come in at centre and then where is Rico involved? So you know, there's another option on the wing as well. And and again, we're so lucky with the depth we've got in, in midfield and outside backs. Um, particularly with the form that Harvey's been in, and you know, probably only 24 months ago, we we're looking at midfield as not quite as strong. And you know, everyone wanted Lamapi in there, and Goodhue and, and Leonard Brown weren't quite working as a 12-13. Now it's like, well, our 12 is set. Like Harvey's playing out of his skin. We've got these options at centre, and we've got these options at wing. So, yeah, it's it's a real hard question to answer, and, and whether they look. To combinations or not, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, and and unfortunately, as I said before, like we just don't get that transparency from the the selection panel. So it'd be interesting to see the the, the selection next week, and um and I'm I'm sure there will be you know Paul disagreed earlier, but I think there'll be rotation again because the rugby championship is probably locked up. We've got these tests still to come. It's a long tour, and I think they are going to look to manage minutes as best they can across the rest of the year. Oh, look, I think there's um, I think there's, rota- there's rotation, but I don't think we'll see the same level of rotation as we saw between the two Argentina games, where we saw 13 players change. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I think we'll yeah. see a few, but not... but not. I don't think we'll see a pure B-string rolled out in the same way that we saw against Argentina. Um, but yeah, there will be some rotation, but not, not, not. I don't think to that level. It'll possibly um, depend on the result as well. And, and also, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, the result also matters. If we lose, then yeah. you have to roll out your first choice. Yeah. Um, the the uh, I, the other question is: Yeah, are are Sevi Reese and Dave McKenzie the first choice wing and fullback against non-kick teams or against non-competitive uh, kick teams, and then? As you say, the, the horses for courses is that Bridge and Jordy come in when you're going to have people jumping at you uh, on, on that side of things. Um, 
we have well overrun, guys. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any sort of final thoughts of, of from the, just the general rugby world? That uh, anything from from uh, from you guys? I knew first, mate. No, I'm good. Uh, no, you're good. So we've covered Archie, everything. Yeah. One question for the two of you, um, yeah. because yeah. obviously I, I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of fresh faced, All Blacks kind of fan, relatively speaking, um, having only moved over here in 2014. You guys then. Favorite Springbok All Blacks memory? Um, that uh, since, since we're talking about the 100th game uh, this weekend, do you have a favorite memory from uh, Springboks and All Blacks clashes? I was trying to stretch it out there to give you some time yeah, to think. I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> no, good one. I think, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go for the 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 Israel DAG match winner in South Africa, which well, I can't even remember what year it was. Um, there's a bit of a story behind this is that I, I had a, a referee's prize giving and um, we got on it pretty large. And then I went home, stayed at one of my referee mates places and we, we were all set to watch this test and we just passed out before it kicked off because it's like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. We're absolutely hammered. Um, and then wake up the next morning and find that we've missed an absolute classic test match. Um, and it was just like find a replay. And, yeah, and it was just a crazy test. The Martinano break where he lost his boot and, yeah, and then Dag celebrating before he put the ball down. Like, yeah. Um, but that's just one of many. Like, there's been so many great All Black Springboks tests, and that one just for the sheer drama and I guess the personal backstory kind of makes it. Yeah, that sounds a bit like my uh, my attempted uh, New Year's Eve celebrations in, in, in Cardiff, where we we we, we started drinking at lunchtime and all passed out well before midnight. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, is it which which year did you say that was? Ryan? We're not sure. We can't remember now. Not sure. I'd have because I think that the 2013 one, uh, the 2013 match, which was you know that kind of game of the decade or whatever they could. I think it was the one that Nigel Owens was refereeing. Um, was an amazing match. Might have been the one that you were coming out through, Ryan. 20, um, 2012 was my one. Google gotcha. shows me. Yeah. So the one where it was um, obviously a. Uh, it was a close match in South Africa. It was an absolutely blockbuster game. Um, you know, so we're talking about recent times. It was a great one. Love the 2015 World Cup one. I was very tense. We were talking to uh, who, who's, who's a guy, that John, and he was saying about how the All Blacks had it sewn up the whole game, and I felt very differently about that during the game. Uh, the first uh, rugby match that I have significant memories of uh, is the 2015 uh, – sorry, 1995 World Cup. Final. I was going to say, don't, don't, don't try and... T- you're not that young boy. Yeah, that's how new I am to the game. Uh, 1995. <laughs> I, I, like, I do actually remember the France tour in like 93 or something, but that one, so I remember that one. Um, but yeah, I'd so, say... 95 World Cup I remember the losses. I remember the losses. So I remember um, uh, 2000, uh, 1999 fucking uh, third match game, which was really disappointing to lose, actually. Uh, and surprisingly, for a third match game at a World Cup. Uh, and then I obviously remember the uh, 2009 losing three on the shot and just being furious about the whole thing. And then obviously um, the 2013 match was it was a brilliant one. Because to be fair, in the last 10 years, 
uh, Heineken Mayer and Alistair Kutsi, we kind of gave them a hiding. You know, it wasn't very often that they actually were, uh, you know, great, but they had a couple of competitive moments. Heineken Mayer's team won one game, I think, in 2014 or something, but the 2013 game um, was a real blockbuster. So that's probably the greatest memory I have of a, of a match being both high in quality and competitive. So I think it's 2013. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people are, are pointing out, are, are taking screenshots of um, Wikipedia from 2010 onwards, where South Africa have won three games and one draw since 2010. Yep. They are, as you say, um, cutting it just short there because obviously those three South Africa wins in 2009. When you think about the, the what's happened in the succeeding 10 years is a massive achievement because I think even New Zealand going to South Africa or well playing three games against South Africa two of them in South Africa it would be a pretty good effort to win three and so what they did was amazing on the back of a Lions tour which was the key thing battle hardened they were ready they were up for it they'd also won a World Cup so it's extremely similar circumstances this time around and it's actually kind of a shame that they lost those two matches because if they didn't lose those two matches against Australia we'd be That'd be the favourites. Well, they should. Yeah, be. I think I think the, the the difference this time is the fact that they've been in lockdown for about thirteen weeks, yeah, a bit of a bubble, bubble, and I think that's really uh, has, has has played on. Well, thank you for for those thoughts. I hope you had a, uh, hope you enjoyed our lockdown beers, folks. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow at five pm. Uh, we're going to skip Saturday and Sunday because I will be at the uh, Farrah Palmer Cup Bay of Plenty versus Wellington on Saturday and at um, Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki on Sunday um, in the NPC. So I'm not available for the five o'clock shows, but we'll kick them off again next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Don't forget, post-match reaction to both the um, All Blacks versus Springboks and the Wallabies versus Pumas on Saturday night um, as well. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Con. Cheers, Paul. All good. See you.